Running Buds. Welcome to the Running Buds podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Charlie Lambrix, and my co-host, the man, the myth, the PR machine, Steve McNamee. How are we doing, yep, yep. Steve? Oh, Charlie, we are doing great. And Loving I, life. Did I say your name right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, you did. You know what? It didn't feel right, but uh, I've always called you the wrong name, so that's why it didn't feel right. Steve I have a McNamee, tough name. You got, you got not one but two PRs uh, in the month of August, just a couple weeks from apart from each other, a 5K and a half marathon. How about you tell us about both? Yeah, I did. They're kind of late in life. Marathon. I'm sorry. They're late in life. Um, I'm 47 years old, still PRing, which tells everybody I did not run when I was young. Um, but uh, yeah, I ran a, a 5K that I got a PR, and I ran a half marathon that I got a PR. But uh, as a quick observation, you and I, we ran half marathons on the same day. And the day I ran a PR, you ran a personal worst. I did run a personal worst half marathon. Um, your half marathon, you had delightful weather for on uh-huh, a very yeah. flat, fast course that yeah. you were able to sleep in your own bed the yeah. night before. Uh, I was in Manitou Springs, Colorado, running up Pikes Peak. Uh, <laughs> I had 7,800 feet of elevation, so a little bit more than you did than the... Uh, the mountainous terrain of Bowling Green, Ohio. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yes. We, we couldn't have done more different races, even though they're both technically half marathons. Uh, you had no, this flat, right. fast, you had this flat, fast road course, and I. Well, had, what occurred uh, to me, what occurred to me in that fact is that you know if you run a PR and a personal worst, the personal worst is always the more interesting story. The PR is more or less which I can pretty much sum up in, in, in 20 seconds, but a beautiful day, you start running fast splits, you hold on to it, you hang on to the end, boom, PR. And there's not really a story to tell there. You know, you're, you're happy, but uh, that's it in a nutshell. Okay, just one question then. Yeah. Like you said, you're 47 years old and you're PRing, not just at one distance. This isn't a fluke. You did a 5K a couple of weeks ago. And you did a half marathon. Um, what what is the secret? Is there something that's changed that uh, that has led to this? Uh, I mean, there's probably multiple small things. I've changed my diet over the last few years. Um, running more mileage recently. Uh, not to throw in a plug for any particular brand, but I am running in the Nike Four Percents, which I am a believer now. Uh, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Giving all the credit to Nike four percent, but they are a factor. So I knew, that may be I a topic. Diet, really, so. I knew the diet change, and you definitely have leaned down a bit. So I'm guessing that and your training has got a lot more to do with it than Nike's four percent. But if you want to give them a little bit of credit, maybe one day they'll be a sponsor. Not it's yet. A, <laughs> yes. I'm calling it a factor. I'm not calling it a reason. So I don't know if there's a distinction there. Um, oh sure yeah okay yeah my my race uh like i said it was colorado springs it's the pikes peak marathon weekend i did the half which is just up the mountain saturday uh the next day uh people including a few friends i had uh were doing the full where you go up the trail uh because there is a road that takes you to the summit of pikes peak but this was Uh uh 
the race is on a trail. They go up and back down. And uh, I knew going in, it was going to be a personal worst just because um, it is 7,800 feet of climbing. You start at 6,200 feet and you finish over 14,000. So it is a, just a a brutal course. It's all on trail. It's fairly technical. So for perspective, uh, that's, that's a one mile up, correct? Oh, over that. I mean, yeah. 5,280 feet in a mile. So yeah, that's, that is unbelievable to think of. Yeah. And, you know, living in Utah, I'm at much higher elevation than I was uh, living anywhere else. Or, I mean, funny, when I moved out here, people asked me if I was in Toledo or Memphis. I'm like, I have no idea. That's not something to talk about because it's a non factor. Um, but we're at 4,400 feet, which is high, but not like, that's still not like, real high elevation type training or things. So uh, my lungs had a little bit of prep, but nothing for um, for what I had ahead of me. And I knew it was going to be slow. And I knew that it wasn't going to be uh, my best race just because I'm training for a marathon uh, later in, in the month that yeah. is my actual goal race, so to speak. So I didn't really back off to rest. I didn't really stop doing my long runs. And I'm using all these excuses to explain uh, why I was walking the latter (laughs) miles of this race, uh, as are most people, but I was really walking. (laughs) Once I hit 10,000 feet, which was about the halfway point, um, my running was done for the day. I just had to trudge. (laughs) trudge up this mountain and uh if you anyone wants to follow me on strava uh charlie lambricks you can find me and you will see um several miles over 20 minutes uh including the last one which took me over a half hour uh to get finally get to the summit of this thing so it was brutal uh even going in with low expectations i really fell apart bad i was getting passed by soccer moms and mall walkers uh but you know some days you got it some days you don't some days you don't well now for perspective it's on a trail and you're going up the trail and the trail's passable otherwise i mean you're not running through brush or it's not impossible but it's more like uh, doing any bushwhacking but uh as someone who is prone to falling uh that on top of just the elevation and the exhaustion of doing the event, I was I was um, tentatively walking and and just just couldn't quite quite keep any kind of pace. Sure. And, uh, I don't know. I I, I I don't want it to sound like it was a negative because it was just no. I was going in out of curiosity just to see what this tremendous challenge would be, and uh, I was challenged. It was difficult. Yeah. Uh, it was well, a lot of fun, though. I had some oh, buddies. Bad. I had some buddies. Uh, I had a friend from Memphis come out, and he did the full. I had a friend that lives in Colorado that drove out, and he did the half, the ascent as well. And then his running buddy uh, came from Madison, Wisconsin. So all these different parts of the country congregated into uh, central Colorado to do this really daunting challenge and. And it was a great time. And, and, and one of the things that uh, I think 
everyone should kind of keep in perspective, and this is a good example of it, is um, I had this race uh, the following weekend. I knew I had to pace a marathon, and then I was doing the complete opposite race. I did a one-mile road race uh, this morning. We're recording this on Labor Day. Uh, so, like, you're not going to be able to do all those races well. I'm also training for a marathon in September in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks is, like, my actual goal race. So you just can't have it all. Like, something's got to give. And also, I wanted to see these friends, and I wanted to have a couple beers with them. So I, I drank a couple beers and stayed up too late the night before. And, and just, like, you, you, just something's got to give. And what it ended up being was my uh, – was my capacity to run up this this hill competitive uh, mountain mountain mind you uh competitively so just kind of the way she goes well a couple of things number one nobody ran a pr up that hill i'm sure no, no the it, winning time of the ascent was two hours eight minutes 59 seconds so like that's a solid middle of the pack for like a road race and this was the, the winning time by a few minutes, I believe. And this yeah. was by like a, a world-class um, trail running athlete. Well, and then the, the next, what's that? The record winning time, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, was it? Yeah, I believe that was the record for the course. For the ascent? I believe so. That's, I guess we, we'll get our fact checkers on that. Um, <laughs> All of them. <laughs> We don't have a fact checker. <laughs> That's one for Twitter. Uh, we can get a follower on Twitter, one of our dozen yeah. or so, <laughs> on the case. Um, so, yeah, I believe that was a course record. Um, but and still, just I mean, the I- idea that yeah. somebody could run this thing continuously, that alone <laughs> just blows my mind because it's brutal. I mean, there was no oh. point that I thought it was, like, too steep and at one point, you kind of do have to climb up these rocks, but overall, it's just it's just constant, you know. Oh. And uh, and I run trails two or three times a week out here, uh, never that far usually. And uh, I do a fair amount of climbing, but still, uh, seventy eight hundred feet um, over the course of thirteen miles was was brutal. And and I you really feel just punch drunk getting that, that, uh, thin air at that elevation. Yeah. Once you hit 10,000 feet, things really change. So, well, as the listener to your story, I mean, I'm trying to envision what 7,800 feet above me would look like and what it would take for me to get up there. Yeah. Just imagine if that was stairs, like how long that would take. Yeah. But a lot of switchbacks, um, a lot of just uh, a little technical and um, yeah, it's, it's, I went in with this idea that I would break three hours, which is like, all I have to do is maintain like a 13 minute and 30 second pace, which just sounds yeah. so easy. But then, then you start going up this thing and it's like, Oh, this is going to be real hard. <laughs> so overall it was a great experience i want to go back um yeah my brother is not a runner he is a hiker and he is very good at like power hiking and i bet you he would have smoked me like not doing any running just walking and power hiking the whole time i think that would have uh 
would actually have been a much more competitive effort than than what I was able to put forth. So I'm trying to convince yeah. him. He runs like very rarely, just as sort of an exercise thing, not a uh, as a hobby or a sport. But um, I, I'd love to get him doing that course and see if I could keep up with him. Honestly. I'll bet you're classifying then it's a different skill. I mean, it's still running, but it's a different skill per se with that type of extreme trail running or movement over a trail. Yeah, totally. And it's like, even when I was walking, there were people just passing me easily walking. I was like, how are you walking so much better than me? (laughs) You know, (laughs) but, uh, you know, some people got it. It's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I highly recommend it, though. Um, the ascent or the fall. I, I didn't want to do the fall just because the idea of climbing all that and then coming down 7,800 feet, it's like goodbye quads. <laughs> and uh, sure. And, and falling uh, then would be uh, a real situation. So I started with just the half, sort of hoping that I'd fall in love with this course and just have to do the fall. But uh, I think I hit, need to go back and try the the ascent again, but no interest in the full still. But regardless well, I of can't who imagine. you are, where you are, um, even if you don't think yeah. you can do exactly the right training, just know it's going to be slow. It's going to be very painful. You're going to be very slow by the the summit, but give it a shot. I think it's worth the uh, the effort if if it has any interest to you at all. Yeah, well, downhill would be no treat, really. I mean, it would be a control. To me, it would just be controlled danger. You're just trying to stay on your feet. Exactly. Right. And during the fall of the next day, uh, Killian uh, Yornet, I might be butchering mm-hmm. his name, but world-class ultra runner, he, um, he did that descent in like an hour and 18 minutes, which is insane oh. to me. That's like sub-six-minute pace running down a mountain. I just cannot imagine that. And also the entirety of the field is still coming up this single track trail that he's going uh, down. It's just, I cannot imagine. So it was yeah, a fun experience. Incredible. It was something, you know, I had to travel for and get an Airbnb and it was like this major thing and this major challenge. So quite different than, uh, then you're down the road, uh, flat yeah. past half, but you got a PR out of your deal. I just got yeah, some memories just, and a story. I'm, I'm, I think the most interesting thing that happened to me was probably breakfast afterwards, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's memorable for the fact I got a PR, but the, the story that comes, stories that come from personal worsts are far more interesting. And, and I'm glad that glad you're able to tell that story. Yeah, so I had that last Saturday, and then Saturday, two days ago, I paced the Pocatello Marathon in Pocatello, Idaho, and this was a kind of a cool race because it was, um, it's small, like the field was less than 200, kind of surprised they had pacers, honestly, and uh, very rural, it's point to point, um, and we start at 6.15 a.m., so it was still dark when we actually started and uh the sun was just coming you're you're running down this canyon and you're looking out over this mountain ridge and just seeing the sun start to peak over the mountain ridge it was just absolutely stunning probably like an all-time running highlight for me 
just being able to take in that view. Um, this race was really interesting though. It was a total net 1500 feet of elevation drop, but like all mm-hmm. of, all of that is basically in the first half and then it's like rolling the second half. So even as a pacer, I found it to be very challenging. I really had to, you know, dig deep to hold my pace as a pacer and, and finish on time, which, you know, come on, yeah. I'm a professional. Of course I did, but. <laughs> a pro is yourself. Yeah, it was, it was, it was okay. tough. A lot of times these downhill marathons out West are a lot harder than that, uh, elevation profile will lead you to believe they are but uh if you ever want like we were talking about new york city with rachel randall a couple weeks ago just yeah huge city huge marathon crowded loud cheering the whole time this was like the antithesis this was a country feel like you're in the middle of nowhere only a few runners really even around, even as a pace group leader, I didn't have a lot of people around, uh, just rural, beautiful, scenic, quiet, quiet race, but you know, awesome in its own way. Wonderfully organized yeah. too, I'll add. Oh, no, of course, as a pacer. Of course at the, uh, the finish line, everybody gets a baked potato. There was a baked potato bar, which was an awesome, awesome, awesome <laughs> post-race food to have. Yes, baked potato bar. Come on, no, Idaho. That, are you? I know, but are, are you craving just anything you can get your hands on at that point? I mean, it's. A, I don't know a potato. I mean, it's, it's good, but now uh, it kind of expands at the end of a marathon. Like when I get to the <laughs> end of a marathon. I'm usually wanting to down a few waters and I like to look for a chocolate milk just cause it's a lot of calories, a lot of protein, a lot of carbs, all yeah. that stuff just to get, but that's just pragmatic. Uh, when it comes to what I'm craving, give me pizza and a beer, <laughs> but baked I potato know. that hit the spot as well. Did it. Okay. That's, that might be a whole podcast there of what we eat after marathons. Yeah, we should do a food one. It'd be interesting, especially since you, uh, tailored your diet and you're getting all these PRs. Yeah. You know, maybe a cooking show. We do a live cooking show someday or we put it on YouTube or who knows, but all right. But I have a question. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. If you're a pacer doing a marathon like that, I mean, I know, I know pacers in general are supposed to keep even splits. Are you still thinking that way? If you have a net downhill in the first half and then you roll in the second half, I mean, what's your strategy? Good question. Um, Pacers should have an even effort, uh, more so than even splits. If it's a flatter course or mostly flat, uh, you will have very close to even splits, ideally. Something like this, uh, I went into this knowing I was going to have a positive split, intentionally wanting a positive split and explaining that to the runners with me. Uh, Findmymarathon.com, not a sponsor yet, but an excellent website that I love to research marathons, but also um, they give, they give you course specific pace bands for free. You just put in the race and they will take into account the Hills, uh, the elevation profile and give you a course specific. So this had me running about a three minute positive split, taking into account the Hills and um, it helped a lot. Yeah. And, and that's what I would recommend 
to somebody racing that, even if you're going for a PR or just the best time you can, um, doing things course specific, uh, when you have that much elevation change is something I definitely recommend. And what is that site again? Uh, findmymarathon.com. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. You ever use that one? No, I haven't. I'm definitely going to oh use Oh my it gosh. It's also good on mobile and like you can really search by state, search by size, go by calendar. Uh, they have a great elevation profile for most of the races. It's, um, it's really good if you're just like, this is a weekend. I know I can do a marathon. Let's find one closest to me. You can search within 100 miles of a city or 200 or 300. You can, it has all these like sortable and search functions that make it great for researching races. It's got reviews and things. So it's a, it's a website, even aside from the pace bands I enjoy. And then the fact that they have these free pace bands is just uh, icing on the cake. Very cool. Very cool. All that, all that type of help you can get on marathons is invaluable in my opinion. Yes. And then the third race I had was actually this morning. So nine days I had three races, uh, the one up the mountain, the pacing marathon. And then this morning I had a one mile, uh, I'd say road race, but it's actually inside a park. So on a, okay. on a sidewalk, if you will, but one mile one and done and this was two days after the marathon so my legs weren't quite ready for it but it was so much fun have you ever done a race that short um you know i did a track race of 1500 for kind of for fun but no i haven't really done a throwdown type of race like that and i would love to because they do exist i think they're gaining traction i saw their website i think it was through roadrunners club of america or is that yeah that's what is that the rrca is it roadrunners that that stands for uh yes okay yeah they had an article about how the one mile road race is becoming more and more of a thing and i'd love to see more of it it was a blast it was just like everyone had sort of this nervous energy like i get kind of intimidated by 5k's just because i know how fast you got to go and it's gonna last like three miles can get really painful and this is like it's yep. only it's only a mile you know like one mile to go even in a 5k is like okay almost there the, yeah. but so it, it was I a can really hear the announcer. <laughs> yeah so it was strange but it was a lot of fun i kind of wish i'm glad i did pocatello because obviously like it was this really cool experience but if this race is again the next, they line up the same weekend. It's going to be be really hard for me to decide which one to do or do both again, just because um, there was just no chance I could I could you know realize my potential in this with with only two days after uh, after oh, winning yeah. a marathon. But this fast, if Toledo Roadrunners uh, are are thinking of a new race to do, I would highly recommend a one mile road race. Cause it's just a really fun party. Oh, I can imagine. And you, you get in a lot of runners that are willing to give it a try. Five K's are pretty short. They're pretty accessible, but I don't know. One mile is just a fun, you can bring in a lot of people that just say, yeah, hell with it. Let's do a mile. Yeah. We had a really good venue for it here in uh, salt Lake. We have Liberty park, which is a 1.4 mile oval shaped, uh, park and so 
it was just great for it. And um, I'm, I'm glad it existed. I, this was the inaugural. So I'm hoping it like had enough, it, it did well enough and had enough interest to keep going on because it was a cool event. Cincinnati uh, has been doing theirs for a while. It used to be called the Little King Mile. I don't know. I think it got a new name though, but uh, part of the Flying Pig weekend that kicks things off Friday night. And uh, it's, just, it's just cool. So hopefully Toledo Roadrunners and Memphis Track Club, at least, you know, the big uh, groups that you and I have both been a part of, um, uh, pick up something like this because it's really cool. Yeah, it could be easy to put on. So, well, cool. Well, right. One topic yeah, I really- kind of wanted to bring up this this uh, episode, yeah. Steve, because uh, really we're just giving these very loose race recaps. Um, is I had a conversation with somebody coming back down the mountain from Pikes Peak because uh, you you run to the the summit then a van takes you like halfway down a mountain and then a bus takes you all the way back to the start line. Anyway, I'm sitting on this bus and it's a long ride and I'm having this conversation with a guy and he was saying how he was already checked out of his hotel. So he was going to get on a plane uh, after doing this tough half marathon um, unshowered. (laughs) So is this Uh, something you have ever done uh, post-race? You know what? I got to tell you. Okay, so I'll give you a PR story now in my half marathon. I said pancakes were the most interesting thing. So I got I, I finished my PR mar- half marathon, uh, went out to breakfast. Um, you know, I mean, obviously straight from the race, right to breakfast. And I got home. And this is, you know, I mean, you, race days are usually Saturdays or Sundays. They're weekend days. And you just have stuff to do. So I had to mow the lawn. So, I mean, what am I going to do? I'm going to shower and then mow the lawn? Of course Heck no. I mean, I'm just going to get sweaty again. So I, I changed out of my shorts, mow the lawn. By the time the day was over, I got busy doing one thing after another. I, I still hadn't showered, but I was running first thing in the morning. <laughs> so I do no. admit to skipping the shower that night, running Why? and then showering. Wait. So, yeah. Let me it, make sure I have this timeline right. All right Saturday morning, half marathon. PR, yes. pancakes, yes. mowing the lawn, the rest yes. of your day, climb into bed, unshowered, get up and That's run true. in the morning. Wow. That's true. I thought I All was right. bad. Can I give you two details you left out? Number one, I drove home with the windows down and oh, I had a lot oh, of air. Okay. That's a huge difference, dude. Thank God you did that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, number two, uh, we have a we have a new dog that sometimes gets up into bed. So it's not like the bed is this pristine germ germless place in my life. Oh my it's, gosh, dude! It might have been your wife let you do this. She let you climb into bed unshowered and just was like, "Okay." Um, my yeah. hope is always well. My hope is two things. Number one, she doesn't listen to these podcasts. And number two is that. <laughs> <laughs> number two is that she lost track of me long enough to not realize i hadn't showered but nice I, you, you're tired you're tired at the end of the day and you just popped into bed because i'm running first thing in the morning hey i'll shower when i'm done running in the morning so yeah yeah so how, what about you also What's, well to your wife defense, at baseline you're not a good smelling person so you know <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot um well i um I've gotten on a plane unshowered after both New York and Boston 
just because I didn't want to pay for the hotel an extra night of the hotel and uh, I probably had to work the next day or something. So yeah, I got on planes after both those races. Uh, They were direct flights, so that's good. But um, the thing I've done in those situations, I changed out of my shorts because let's be honest, that's the real, that's the real trouble area. That's, uh, that's the source of the, uh, the worst of it. So I get out of those. So I put on, you know, dry underwear and some like uh, sweatpant type things or like. Uh, yeah. Real quick, real quick on the shorts. Yeah. There's still like, we're just going to leave on set on that. We, we all know what we're saying about the shorts, but the shorts do have to come off. There is, it's a nightmare. That's a new level of funk. I can't even understand I'm capable uh, of making. And I know that every runner on here is, is nodding their head at just how gross their own shorts can be. Sometimes you just smell something. It's even your own. You're like, how did I do that? Wow. Whew. Yeah. So you got to get yeah. those off. And I find if you, once you're done running and you stop sweating and you take off that shirt and you put on just a regular cotton t-shirt, that really kind of like contains quite a bit. And then if you could yeah. get like a nylon jacket over that, come on. I guarantee you I wasn't the worst smelling person on either of those airplanes. No, you're right. You're right, 100%. <laughs> so I've done it's that. All, Go ahead. It's all about layers. You got to layer. Uh, you got you to gotta hide beneath something. Yes, you do. You really do. And uh, in hygiene in general, though, when I, especially when I'm really like focused on training and I'm putting in a lot of miles and I'm running like, six sometimes seven days a week on days i don't run 95 percent of the time i don't shower (laughs) you just get so used to just showering after you run that you don't have that trigger of a run you don't shower and you don't feel dirty so you don't feel like you need it or at least that's how i feel i need something to happen i need like um I need like mowing the lawn, for example. That might be something that would still. Tr- so you had the double trigger, and you still did not uh, shower, Steve. But we've moved past that. But yeah, yeah I won't, I won't do it. Anything else gross you do just as a runner? Hygiene? Oh, man. Um, I mean, they're probably it. You know, I I'm you turned me on to wearing hats. And yeah, I've been wearing hats since our first episode where we discussed wearing hats. Yeah. Um, and my hats, when I am done wearing a hat, it goes onto my dashboard in my van. And I drive around with the uh, defrost on to dry them off. And then it comes right back on my head. So. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I will and- re-wear like the tr- hats, but like the dry fit designed running hats, I always toss those in the washer. And see now you're you're just making me feel bad. Now I'm gonna yeah, dude. Got, I thought I was really disgusting. Um, you're making me feel better about this. But my wife well, got, is like a total germ phobe. Like when I come in from a run, she's like, "You're sweating all over everything. Get in the shower." Like it's it's a it's a big ordeal. Yeah, uh, we we keep coming back to these guys. Go ahead. Well, I'm only going to say, I hate to play this card, but you're an expectant father, which is, I'm very happy for you. But Thank I've you. had three. So, um, with having three kids, I mean, 
germs are just a, a fact of, of life at this point. And oh, the gross factor. Yeah. Hopefully that. Yeah. Is quite a bit. Two boys, we've seen it all. So. <laughs> Good point. There's nothing she has not smelled. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, the tolerance for bad hygiene is a little more a little higher than it is otherwise. But yeah. yeah, we keep coming back to them, but my buddies in Cincinnati, Mike and Brian, I remember we were on a run and uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot to brush my teeth this morning. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like they both looked at me like I was crazy that I actually brushed my teeth before a long run. I was really? Like, yeah. Oh. You know, I find that shocking. I could not, I can't leave the house without brushing my teeth. I cannot have that. Everything else is bad enough. I can't have that in my mouth. So your mouth is clean, but the rest of you, just a total Always. disaster. Yes, that, that happens before everyone is, is a good toothbrush, teeth brush. Toothbrush, teeth brush. Yeah. Yep, All right. Every time. You got anything <laughs> else about your PRs or hygiene or any of this weird topic uh, we've had to this episode? I, I think I've. I've admitted to too much already, Charlie. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, you? Uh, thank you, everyone. Good? What's that? I said, how about you? Are we good? Are we... Yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay. <laughs> with that, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, we were a little delayed this week. Uh, just had family in town. Uh, things have been kind of crazy, but uh, thank you for listening. Happy Labor Day. Uh, you can email us, runningbuds at gmail.com. Uh, you can give yeah. us a follow on Twitter, at budsrunning. Oh, you know what? I said the wrong email. It's budsrunning at gmail.com. You know what? I don't know what I said. <laughs> budsrunning at gmail.com, at budsrunning on Twitter. And yep. uh, I got a song for us uh, on this hygiene uh, we're going to go with Outcast, So Fresh and So Clean. So Fresh and So Clean. All right. Till next time. Thank you for listening. Bye, everybody. See you soon. Okay, Steve. So we alluded to a conversation you and I had on a run one time um, that we talked about TJ Maxx. And so we had some yeah. questions of what that conversation was about because we didn't really get into it. So I thought it would be fun. I, I've got a partner here, Lakshmi, uh, my wife's cousin, who's also a runner. Um, she's going to help us do a little reenactment of that conversation. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, she's going to start it off. Hello, fellow runners and dear friends. Since I respect you guys so much, I'm looking for your researched opinion. Running clothes are necessary, but incredibly expensive. Do you have any advice? That's a great question, Lakshmi. I do have some advice. I think your local running store is a great place to get your running shoes, but apparel, especially something like running tights, I find TJ Maxx has great quality at a great price. Charlie, I thought that was last year's fashion that I spotted you in. Fuck you, man. Running buds. <laughs>